Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Now, this week's podcast, I felt I got a very laid back vibe. Aaron's kind of relaxing kind of guy, mm. despite having a very, um, well, there, well, there's a story to tell. Let me uh, let me kind of set it up that way. But he's come from a place of, well, in his own words, it's a, it's a pretty dark times that he found himself in. He's come through now to a, to a guy who I genuinely, when we were getting ready for the podcast, really enjoyed just watching him and, and taking on board his energy. And um, he's just, yeah, he's brought, he's come, he's sometimes some of the stories with the real sort of depth and you can feel is just, it's being shaped by hardship. You find that people find yeah. they find that kind of real sense of peace and fulfillment. Then they, they, they come out of the side of it and just in, in a much kind of better place physically and mentally. And Aaron for me is a great inspirational story for that of how we can turn a bad situation into something a bit more positive for ourselves and our others, actually, yeah, and the people around us. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And yeah, as Tim says, the, Aaron will, will, will go into the detail of that of that story. But the the, the good side and the bright side of the story is that he. He managed to use movement in terms of training and exploring that breath work and meditation as as to help him sort of out of that out of that dark time and into a better place where where he is now and he's sharing his journey as part of that and, and really there's a lot that resonated with us in terms of just sharing that 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 exploration that you're finding as you learn sort of new stuff yourself. He's he's trained directly with Ida Portal. He's done in, and trained with. Um, Wim Hof in terms of cold exposure back before Wim blew up in sort of 2015, 16, I think. So he's um, he's he's rubbed shoulders with some of the best in the business. Um, and so he's definitely a guy uh, that we enjoyed speaking to and listening with and, and building rapport and relationship with. And I hope that you do too. We don't need to say anything else. Here is Aaron Griffiths on the movement, strength <laughs> and play podcast. I got so I was so relaxed. I almost slipped no, back into so. our old days. Yeah. Uh, roll the jingle, baby. So, Aaron Griffiths, welcome to the podcast. Excited to talk about your journey and then where you're at now in terms of movement, breathwork, and meditation. But um, I have to give a shout out to Harvey. Uh, Gibson, who um, is a friend of a friend of ours and, and, and a friend of yours, and he says you got to get Aaron on the podcast. Ask him about his journey of where he's got today. It is wild and inspiring. So, Aaron, for those that that, that may not have come across you, uh, for the listeners, give yourself a bit of an introduction um, and maybe just like a quick uh, a quick delve into to, to where you started and where you've got to today. And then there's going to be things we're going to want to dive deeper into. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. And yeah, thanks to Harvey for uh, mentioning it. Uh, my background is uh, I, I've recently retired as a lawyer, um, finished up November 2020 after uh, 10 years in my own practice. Um, I was running a law firm, which I created from scratch. And uh, essentially my uh, foray into uh, the practices you just mentioned, movement, meditation, and breath work came about uh, as a result of having to deal with the stress that came with running a practice, and uh, which led me down some dark alleys and uh, got a bit too much. So I had a few 
personal problems that resulted from that stress and I turned to those modalities to to get me healthy so I've been at the movement breathwork meditation stuff for the past five years and have done a a, a lot of retreats and a lot of study and um, and now I've decided to move out of law and and move in that direction professionally so um, like I say it's it's a very recent retirement just a few months ago um, but now I'm in a, a brainstorming phase and I've got a, a whole new opportunity ahead yeah have you um are you okay to talk a little bit um about what some of those before we look at like what what's obviously going great now but for a lot of people it'll be um yeah the the from what Harvey's told me your your background and some getting th- working through some of those struggles what what they sort of were and um you know it, it's inspiring of of where you've of where you've sort of gone from you know if you if you're happy to talk about those sort of more difficult darker times yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to set the scene, in 2010, my wife at the time was in a very horrific uh, head-on car accident here on a major highway. I'm on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, in Australia, and uh, she was nearly killed in an accident. I was having a cup of coffee with her father, of all people, and the phone rang, and it was a, a policeman uh, who told me that if I'm nearby, I better get down there quick. So... I, I drove down there, I was 10 minutes away, and I could see this sort of movie scene in the distance. The whole highway had been cut off and there were choppers landing and smouldering wrecks everywhere. And I had to run through a paddock and um, I remember the first fence I got was a, you know, a regular barbed wire fence. It was sort of like a cattle paddock. And I, I remember the adrenaline that hit me as I was running uh, across the field and I, I, I was just hurtling leaping over these fences um, until I got there and and when I did she was in the back of an ambulance and um, she'd had horrific injuries and uh, it was Valentine's Day actually and I I got into the back of the uh, the ambulance with her and I was holding her in, in my hands and the left side of her body all went limp and the whole left side of her face went down and she'd had a stroke basically in my hands and then she got um, airlifted uh, to um, uh, hospital and thankfully she was in um, a critical condition for a while but thankfully she survived and there was a lengthy uh, sort of rehab ahead and two weeks after that uh, so this was 2010 uh, I got made redundant from my very stable law job uh, here on the Sunshine Coast because um, the world had plunged into the global financial crisis so we were in a real crisis because she mm. had horrific injuries and a very long recovery ahead. Um, we we're both now essentially unemployed. Um, we just sort of taken on a second mortgage to to uh, start an investment property um, in addition to our own home, and we found ourselves in a really horrible uh, position, and uh, both financially and emotionally. And so I thought, what am I going to do? And there were no jobs really, and um, my best uh, idea was to start my own practice because a couple of clients had asked me if they, if I could do some work for them. So I decided to start my business from home um, and it was a, a very sort of low cost entry into um, my own law practice and that way I could sort of be at home for her as well and um, uh, take her to appointments and things. And so we did that. Uh, it built up very quickly and I was... Um, uh, quite fortunate that it, it took off 
and uh, within a few years I, I um, went and got an office and some staff and thankfully she made a recovery and uh, we had a couple of children and then the law firm just got um, extremely busy and I uh, started to take on more and more work and got quite overloaded um, which led to uh, a fair bit of stress and add a few little kids into that mix uh, mm. I started to not cope overly well and the business was really cracking along by years four and five and I uh, turned to alcohol um, to medicate for the stress which mm. um, didn't go so well for me it, it, it builds up it, it's all right in the beginning and then it, it, it more or less turned on me and I developed some anger, man anger management issues I just I couldn't uh, regulate my anger anymore. I was just redlining extremely quickly. Um, this sort of contributed to the downfall of my marriage um, and uh, resulted in um, a divorce and some other things. And uh, it was sort of those one of those rock bottom moments, um, losing my family like that. And, and I needed to get some help. So I reached out. Um, uh, got some professional help and uh, decided to give up alcohol uh, for uh, for a period of time and that lasted 18 months but strangely I found in those first couple of months my anger got worse because I'd, I'd put all this stuff under a rug and then without mm. my medicine I was um, really struggling to deal with all these emotional problems that I'd just been more or less numbing myself to and um so I got into, uh, I read one of Russell Brand's books about recovery and, and uh, he was into meditation. So I, I went and took a transcendental yeah. meditation course and, and got going with that, which really helped me enormously. Then that led into a Wim Hof retreat in 2016 when I, I went and um, spent four days with him down in Victoria um, in the middle of winter and did my first ice bath. And then I got into some calisthenics and, um, and movement because I, I found I had to stay busy um, to initially to, to not think about drinking. Uh, so yeah. I just started doing calisthenics in the living room and handstands and, and, <laughs> and, and inverting. And, and that's how it all kind of came about. Aaron, were you into sort of exercise, fitness, training, like wellness before during that period of time where you were you sort of um, redlining along with the law, um, the law work and business? Were you, were you an active person prior to this kind of change, changing point in your life? I think part of the problem for me, and and I know you guys both played rugby. Um, I played rugby uh, all the way until I was pretty much most years of my life until I was about twenty five, and um, I had a shoulder dislocation from a, uh, I got hit uh, pretty hard and when I wasn't watching, I got blindsided and dislocated my shoulder and I just um, never went back. I, that was sort of about the time I'd, I was just getting into working full time um, after completing my law degree and um, I found I just couldn't sustain the time off, the cost of the rehab, the physio and um, the you know, my girlfriend at the time wasn't overly happy with me training twice, two nights a week and then a game every weekend and I'm always away <laughs> and, and out with the boys on Saturday night after a game. So that was my uh, history up until I was around, uh, you know, my mid-20s. And then I found, I, I think, losing that community and um, losing that uh, sense of purpose that I had and camaraderie and, and also um, fitness 
I, I kind of just dabbled with um, you just your Globo Gym stuff there for a bit, which was a leftover symptom of the strength and conditioning that we did for rugby. So all I really knew was some basic kind of um, bodybuilding sort of stuff that we did uh, to help, you know, rugby. I was always trying to get bigger. So the good I, stuff, I the good that. old days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it just um, makes me laugh. I, but then I couldn't really, um, it didn't sort of bring me any, I think because when you're training for something like rugby, you've got the game to prepare for or a reason to be bigger. Mm. And then I just found I couldn't really stick with anything because I didn't sort of have a, a purpose anymore. I'm lifting weights. And I remember thinking, looking around a few times thinking, what are we doing in here in these gyms? You know, uh, what are we <laughs> I doing? The same, the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I had a, a big sort of time off where I just dabbled in things. I, 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 learn how to surf i got into surfing but the problem with that sport is you can only do it when there's waves and you can't control that so you know sometimes i drive to the beach and there's no waves so well mm. no workout for me today so that wasn't reliable and um i did i when crossfit first came out i um i had to go at that for a little bit and um which i really enjoyed um probably more so for the the community and uh and it and it gave me it was the first time I ever saw a set of rings. So I, I got to play around on some rings and throw around some kettlebells and, and play with the Olympic barbell, which I'd never really done in that capacity. So I'd sort of just dabbled in things, but I'd, I could never really stick to anything. It's really interesting. And my second question off the back of that was just when we were in one of the coaches who, who works with us and we were talking to him about some of the cold water immersion stuff. And, um, and I just one of the things that, that came out to me when we were having the conversation was around is the, the cold water almost being a, a sort of and a relatively and I, and I just mean this for most people's kind of if you're into cold water immersion, it's not a, such an extreme thing. But the idea of jumping in an ice bath, it's almost like quite a bit of a shock therapy in terms of you have to. It takes quite an extreme um, intervention almost in, when you first get into it to then just kind of push that reset button because you've got all this stuff kind of whirling around in, in, in your life around you. And as I understand it, then some of the, the work around the cold, work, cold water immersion just kind of brings you back to center and it makes you focus on the here now and everything that's, that you can then actually your, your, your very present mindful self. Was that something that, that you found beneficial given what you, you'd been through? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was a, a medicine really for me. It was a, a therapy. And uh, if, you, yeah, if you do struggle mentally with um, emotional issues or things like anger management, um, things that I, I was struggling with, that sense of relief um, just through that hyper-focus um, that the ice forces upon you very, very quickly um, gave me tremendous relief. And, uh, and so I um, found it uh, paradoxically enjoyable um, because it's a love-hate thing. I, I still struggle. I've got a, a freezer uh, at home, a chest freezer here, 500 liter chest freezer so i yes. i was in it today actually I, I try to get in it once or twice a week and um i i hate it every time like it's really one of those things that i i sort of struggle to do still even after doing it for many years but the relief it brings me uh it's it's a euphoric um feeling that i i really really enjoy and and i think for me uh for my mental health it's been a, a very positive tool yeah 
And it sounds like it sounds like these, you know, the 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 cold. The you talk, we'll talk a little bit of meditation, and and then the movement. That those things have been what's what's brought you back out of. Um, uh, I think you described it as the rock bottom or, or a particularly low point in life, and um, just to sort of uh, confirm that, like things things are things are going well now, though. Like it's a, there's a it, there's a happy end to the story. Yeah, no, things are great. Um, it's been a, a transformational experience, and um, yeah, it, I really just uh, changed my whole approach to everything to the point where. I, I've eventually come to realize that my time in law is done and um, uh, that I've achieved everything I wanted in that 10 year period. Um, the first five years I, I was really building it up and, and which led to some stress and some poor choices. But the last five years was all about my personal health and um, improving my relationships and um, the anger just dropped away. I don't, I rarely get angry mm. now. It's uh, something that I've got under control using those modalities and I think they're important. It's it's good to have. You need to take care of the the mind and spirit because I found if I just did the movement, which while I was doing it gave me uh, tremendous sort of distraction um, and also uh, extreme satisfaction. Learning to straddle planche, um, you know, handstands, um, levers, and and ring uh, work on the rings, muscle ups, and um, moving on to you know forward rolls and backward rolls and started into some acrobatics, but I found I couldn't do that all day, every day. And, uh, I did try that at one point and I, I started <laughs> to stress my, my joints and it was too much. And I had to, yeah. I thought, Oh, it can't just be all about the body. Um, there's, there's more to this, um, this human vessel of mine than just the body. So I need to work on these other aspects of myself and, um, the meditation and the breath work and the ice baths were all tools to really unpack some of that and um extremely therapeutic okay cool i was gonna i was gonna ask actually was it the it was the it sounds like it was the movement that came first and then it was the the cold the the breath work and the meditation was it the is that right and then and is it was it the which came first out of like the the cold the meditation and breath work or did it did those sort of things come together all at the same time they're, they're relatively close together um the movement work uh was first and then I, I found that it did give me great relief while I was doing it but it just it wasn't enough um, for these idle uh, moments when I was able to think and uh, my mind would uh, control me um, at times so uh, that that led me to investigate um, meditation and then uh, via that route I found breath work and the ice bath, the cold therapy, which um, now I like to sort of combine. And uh, yeah, it's not uncommon if I do a session, I'll, I'll, I'll do a bit of everything in the one. Um, so mm. I might do some some breathing and some movement and and maybe um, finish with some meditation or, or I'll mix it up and, and try, to, try to do it all um, in one day or other times I'll just meditate or, or just do some breath work depending on on how much time I have available or what I've got on for that day. But, um, the things I try to touch on each day if I can. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, as much as I can throughout the week because of, it just helps me stay sane. I think. Mm. If can I just ask one other, just one final yep. one on this point, Tim, um, just I'm thinking of people that we've lots of people listening that are like, 
yeah, I've got a pretty stressful job. Um, I maybe I also struggle with anger or whatever it is that, that something that whatever your trigger is for or. Uh, what those sort of stressful situations, how they accumulate for you um, in your own body. You've obviously used these different tools to to help you overcome that. What would be a little bit of like advice, like number like number one thing or a couple of things that um, you would encourage people to sort of think about or try and do as a bit of a, a bit of a practical takeaway for for someone that's that's potentially in a little bit of a situation like that. It might not be that you've like turned to like alcohol or drugs or anything, but you've you know, you're, you're noticing that like how you're feeling in certain situations in your life, like you, you're not happy with what that is and, and you want to, you want to try and improve that. Yeah. I think, uh, if I could, um, something that I would, would have preferred to have done instead of having to reach these rock bottom mm-hmm. moments. Um, and mine came about, um, after I had a huge argument with my wife at the time while driving along and, we were fighting over something trivial in the car where um, uh, it was the temperature, I think. Um, I was hot and I wanted it on the cold setting and she was cold, so she wanted it on the hot setting. And we're doing that really just immature, you know, when you're, you're not speaking about it, but you just keep flicking the dials as you're driving <laughs> down the road. And it was this really childish sort of dispute. And um, anyway, I thought I'll let her win. The two kids are in the back. They're very small at the time in baby seats. And... Uh, okay, we'll keep it on the heat. And I wound down the window and I just had this new hat made with my logo embroidered on it and everything. And I sort of put my head half out the window to let the breeze come in. And my new hat flew off uh, my head and landed on the road behind me. And I saw it in the rear view mirror get run over by a truck. And um, I blew <laughs> and up. that was it. I just lost it, you know, I'm screaming. And then, so I've done this um, really savage U-turn um, on the road and come back and I pulled over sort of half off the road into the grass um, so that I could get my hat. And as I've pulled over, I didn't notice, but there was this sort of, um, uh, the grass was covering up a, a ditch and um, the, the car sort of started to roll off the side oh. of the hill and um, started to teeter on the edge of this embankment. And um, so we're, at one point the car was um, horizontal and the kids are screaming and um uh, yeah, my wife at the time, she's screaming at me and she's beneath me because I'm up on top. And uh, so I, <laughs> I've had, thankfully, it was just, oh. just teetering. Like it was about to roll and I had to climb up out of the door and sort of pull the car back down and, um, and kind of, you know, by this time cars were stopping and um, <sighs> they called the police and had to call a tow truck and it was just humiliating and... Um, yeah, a, a lovely lady took my wife and kids away and and um, I just remember feeling I'd been drinking the night before. I was completely hungover. It wasn't uncommon for me to drink, you know, eight or ten beers a night plus a, a couple of glasses of wine maybe and a few whiskeys. And I was like a functioning alcoholic. I could still go to work and do everything, but I was, just felt rubbish all the time. And uh, I just felt so – it was like just a low point. And I remember I, I went down into the ditch – where no one could see me and I just sat down and cried um, while the police had blocked off the road and, um, you know, it was this big spectacle and, yeah, I just felt so humiliated and uh, in that moment I decided that's it, I'm I'm stopping, I'm stopping drinking, I, I can't go on like this, um, it's not fair to anybody and uh, I could have killed my, my family or my children and, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't, I wouldn't forgive myself. So I think if I could avoid this sort of, 
these destructive moments and choose it consciously. That would be my advice to people. Don't let it get to that. Um, if the signs are there, um, look for a conscious exit. And this is something that I've just played around with, with um, exiting my law firm. In the past, I, you know, I've been fired from jobs or I've, um, uh, uh, or I've left on bad terms. And I thought um, the way I want to go out this time is con- with the, through a conscious effort on good terms uh, on my terms, so uh, that requires a bit of planning and um, and and sort of a mindful strategy. So yeah, I would say if you've got those tendencies or you're having these um, these these demons, you're fighting these demons, then take some action and get a plan. And and it and it takes a while. It's you know you don't want that rock bottom moment because it could have it could have been worse and um, mm. and and very very regretful. So. You want to try and avoid those if you can. And so now the way I go about things, if I want to make a change, I, I want to make it uh, consciously and uh, for loving reasons, not as a, oh gosh, if I don't change, someone's going to die, you know. Um, don't let it get to that if you can. If you can. Thanks for sharing that, Aaron. Yeah. And I'm just going to, you obviously have talked and shared quite a lot of detail around um, what life was, was like then. And if people listen to this who haven't come across your stuff, I would just encourage you to go and check out Aaron's YouTube channel uh, because the amount of energy and life that he brings to the content that he's putting out is, is fantastic. I literally, was in preparation for this, just got lost on your channel for about half an hour. I was watching all sorts of things. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, videos are really super engaging, super energetic. And um, I think it's that's the testament to see like how good a job you've done of moving from where you were to where you are now. And, on the on the edge of this really exciting project that that's you, you you're mapping out and there's one thing a couple of things I just wanted to ask you around that you, you mentioned in the introduction around you know sort of a brainstorming phase and um, I think I watched your video the first one that you recorded in January where you're sort of starting stepping into your new life after after retiring from the law firm and you mentioned about uh, your your sort of daily planning you said you've got seven hours of deep work planned have you read that book by Cal Newport Deep Work No I I haven't um, read his book but uh, that concept came through to me from uh, Lex uh, Friedman, um, yep. uh, who sort of has a similar approach. So maybe he's adopted it from the author you just mentioned. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really useful concept and, and um, it's something that I try to, to, to use a lot. Um, and when, when I hear people say it, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious because it, for me it was a bit of a game changer. But what I'm just interested in is, 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 is to get your, having been in, in that, that high intensity industry of law and running at the, at the pace that you were and then being where you are now, I'm just really interested for people who are finding themselves in a situation where they, they're sort of looking, how do I plan out my day? How do I get done what I need to get done? How do I structure that environment? And then also look after the health, well-being, movement side of my life as well how do you sort of balance those things out because you've obviously come from a place of operating at a high level in business and then now into your movement practice I'm just really interested to see how you blend those things together and still be impactful in each area yeah well the I mean the irony for me was after I had children uh, I decided I could no longer afford the time to drive to a gym be at the gym and then drive home um, so I decided I needed something to do from home, uh, because it would suit me as a new father and I could be a little bit more helpful around the house and be there for the kids. So calisthenics, um, body weight training suited that perfectly. And it was, um, it was an odd sort of process because I, uh, I got fitter and stronger than I'd ever been 
with the least amount of time that I'd ever had. And I was the most fatigued I'd ever been uh, when you've got newborn babies. It's not a time where you get much recovery, but yet my training peaked. It, it was as good as it, um, it was the most consistent and um, enjoyable. Uh, I got amazing results and started unlocking these um, calisthenics and body weight movements and hand balancing movements. So that scarcity of time actually helped me. It, and I, I, I reflected back and I thought before I had children and I had a little bit more time, I tended to procrastinate more. So when that was gone, and if I knew if I didn't make the most of, you know, put the kids down, if nap for an hour, I've got to train. This is the only window that I'm going to get today. And I that was my mentality then. So um, these days, uh, have so I did that for four or five years while I ran the practice and had children and, you know, they moved through the baby phase and got a little easier, thankfully, but that kind of stayed with me. And um, I just started, I just fell in love with training outside. I love being in nature on the grass or at home, um, not needing much equipment. I can just start whenever. Um, so uh, calisthenics was a, was a beautiful um, entry point into movement. And I, I just changed my whole approach. And I, I think I, change from thinking oh I need to go to the gym for an hour a day into oh I'll do a few sets here because there's a there's a gap and then I'll Mm. do a few sets later and then I'll do a few sets later and I just found it started to integrate into my life where I was doing stuff more frequently just um, smaller snacks here and there and it just started to become a bit more lifestyle orientated so I think that was very helpful and now I'm I've got the um beautiful privilege of time right now I, you know having <laughs> retired I've, I've only been off work for um, a couple of months but I can see how you could just melt into the space and and procrastinate easily so that's why I'm adopting some structure for myself so that I maintain discipline um, with my practices and I like to work in phases um, so I'll set goals for um, typically two months and uh, eight weeks and I'll, I'll sort of just work on, I'll have themes and I'll work on things and I'm not an overly anal schedule guy or uh, don't sort of tend to um, enjoy too much detail, but I find that structure generally really helps guide me along um, so that I don't become this rudderless boat on the ocean just floating wherever. Um, so I think that's how... I'm going about it and incorporating, you know, the deep work stuff is um, my creative stuff that I'm working on at the minute. I know I've got to have blocks carved out in the day and just commit to it and tell people if they want to catch up or whatever, okay, these are my times and just so that I stay productive. Otherwise, um, I could easily just blow this window that I've just created for myself. So I'm, I'm very conscious of that. Yeah, that's great. I think um, the home training thing is really interesting. When I've done the same over the last year, I kind of been been home training for for a number of years, but also had access to a gym. And then, obviously, when COVID kicked off, it was a, it was a bit of a transfer then into sort of committing to it. And I don't have a gym membership anymore. And been playing around with when the best time of that to to when to train is. I've got a four year old and and one that is literally due 
any day now um and yeah, mixing that in and balancing everything out and then getting the work done i think it's an interesting one around training at home because i have the same thing i i, I love it it's um it's just a slightly different mindset when you when you shed yourself of what from what you used to be able to do in the gym and then work out what you can get done at home and i think it's encourages you to start exploring different ways to move that you wouldn't normally do if you're going to go to a, a standard gym to do it but you're right about the flexibility and just train more regularly and and saving that half an hour backwards and forwards the gym the changing room and everything that goes with it i think it's such if you can if you can get your mindset into training at home um it's such a productive way to to to, to get that in and, and then do more or be more productive more effective throughout the day so it's uh, it's great to hear your thoughts on that yeah i've yeah. come to really love it and uh i have dropped back into commercial gyms uh just here and there uh, if friends have invited me or i've jumped in for a session um uh here and there but I find I tend to get in trouble uh, in those places where <laughs> I was working on stall depressors recently and um, I, I took my shoes off. They had a nice smooth kind of floor and um, I had my socks on so that I could, you know, I'm just starting to get my feet to slide through at the bottom of the stalder and, and I can't do it in shoes because they grip the floor. So I, I was mm. just working in socks and um, yeah, I got in trouble. They came in. For taking his yeah, I've had that before. Health and health and safety. You have to wear shoes. You like? Do you realise for like millennia, man has like survived without shoes. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> it was so funny because it was the best. It was the first time I'd pulled through from the bottom of the stall depress. So my feet came through, and I went up, and I actually got up into handstand um, from the from the bottom of the um, uh, the nice. L sit. And I was so happy with myself. And this girl come, <laughs> came walking over to me from the counter. And my ego uh, instantly assumed that she was going to say, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> and instead she said, can you put your shoes back on, please? And, and I was like, and you're like oh, did you not just see what I did? I know. Did you not see that? Um, you're like, so feel the weight of these shoes. I can't do it with the shoes on. It causes too much friction. And the weight of them is to make it harder. In a few weeks, I'll put my shoes on. And um, I've been sort of dabbling with some of the soft acrobatics and and you need a little bit of space for that. And, and I, I do... Define, know, define lo- soft acrobatics. Locomotion. Is that a technical term or... Well, some of the... Um, uh, there's various like cartwheel variations um, mm. and some of the locomotion flow sort of stuff where you're, um, you're doing flowy sort of capoeira inspired... Um, movements and um, mm. bridging patterns and cartwheel patterns and some some sort of um, more basic tricking sort of stuff um, and trying to link these things together and um, well one when you're learning something new a new skill you can feel a bit silly when you you're trying <laughs> yeah. to do a, a a cartwheel variation or something so it just it just feels a bit um, odd doing it in a commercial gym um, yeah. where everyone around it was funny actually because i'd been away from them for so long and then uh, for many many years and then i'm looking around and there's the boot the booty squat seems to be very popular with the ladies at the moment glutes <laughs> seem to be in i noticed so everyone around me is doing these booty squats and um and i'm trying to do these flips and yeah and <laughs> getting in trouble so um I, I like to just stick stick to training at home or in the park or down the beach um, where you got the, the the sun and the wind and and um, the grass under your feet. Yeah, it's just a bit more natural as well, isn't it? Like, and 
Aaron, on, on some of that sort of stuff, I'm interested because you, you mentioned before as well, I've seen, seen some of your content around um, sort of being a, a, a person who was spending a lot of time at a desk and, and you're now back into a place of, of this locomotion type movement, lots of rotation and, and different sorts of positions. If somebody wants to get started in moving in that direction and, and likes the, the look of that type of movement practice, how, do, how did you get started and, and have you had to undo much um, sort of restriction and, and limitation along the way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I found it quite hard to find information. Uh, I'm mostly um, self-taught. I haven't uh, where I where I live. Um, uh, the the movement sort of culture um, uh, scene that's really sort of uh, evolved um, in the last couple of years. Uh, I haven't found a coach or a teacher any anywhere um, close to me up until last year. I met one in Brisbane, an hour and a half, a half south. So. Everything I sort of learned, I learned online. Um, so uh, handstands and everything, I, I just learned myself at home using um, whatever online resources I could get my hands on. And I found it very difficult to find um, any good sort of soft acrobatic or locomotion resources. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get along to an Edo Portal uh, workshop, a retreat, and that kind of really opened my eyes up to the locomotion and soft acrobatics. You didn't go to uh, to Thanyapura, did you? To Thailand to do it? You say a retreat was it in Australia, or did you go? There was a there was a three day camp in Sydney called Movement X, okay. and and I went along to that. And um, uh, at that point, I'd I'd um, I'd never really seen I'd never really seen it um, anyone doing moving like that, mm. and um, you know, and I I'd never seen anyone do one armed handstands, or you know, they could do uh, calisthenics on the rings and and all sorts of hand balancing, but then also do tumbling and flips and, and mm. this other, um, you know, animalistic crawling stuff. And, and that really got me interested. So, um, I just started trying to find whatever I could off the internet, um, initially. And since then I found a couple of coaches that, um, have done some study into that world and, um, and they've given me a few online resources to get started, which has been good. And, and that's what I've been trying to share uh, a little bit of, on my YouTube channel and, and hopefully make that a little bit more accessible for people to get started. So I've thrown up a few beginner videos up there um, just on my YouTube channel, Aaron Griffiths, and uh, there's some basic patterns that you can get going with and um, uh, and that'll get you started. Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes so people can uh, click straight through to, to YouTube and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll mention some other ones towards the end as well. It's a great. Thing. Just I'll let you carry on, Jack. Just one, yeah. one, one point. When I watch the videos, Aaron, just I, for people that are have seen some of this sort of stuff, often you can watch those tutorials and it's just like super polished. And, and there's a and there's a few videos that you've done that I saw that I really liked. We like this is what I'm doing today, and it's by no means perfect. And you're sort of showing that journey, and I think that is so valuable for people to see mm. that it's just it's not always the perfection. It's uh, it's showing that, that you're going through the motions and and the practice and the repetition. So I think that's uh, it's just a great way to kind of to document how you can actually start to build confidence in these patterns that ultimately when you do them now look really great but it's showing the journey along the way is such a such a great part of that story yeah thank you and uh you know part of my approach is i'll i'll sometimes pick a skill that i can't do yet and um i'll film it and i'll film the progressions that i've found um that that i'm gonna work with and try and i'll just film um the session and then throw that up on the on the channel, and it'll sort of walk you through the process of um, how to 
how to how to approach learning a new skill from scratch. So, um, yeah, it's certainly not the polished professional end result. It's more somebody who's unlocking and unpacking these skills and figuring them out and making the adjustments um, as as you go and increasing the complexity of the progressions until hopefully you can unlock the skill. And um, thankfully now, after you know four or five years playing around with this stuff. I've built my body to the point where it can, um, you know, I can choose some things and I can, um, it, the body will, will adapt um, quicker than it did four or five years ago when I first started um, because I was lacking, um, you know, that body weight strength and, and some of the mobility. So, which just takes time um, to, mm. to establish. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a nice position to now be in where you can sort of pick some things and work on them and they start to unlock for you a bit quicker than when, you know, with the, with the soft acrobatics anyway than, um, than when they did right back at the start where everything um, just seemed impossible. Yeah, well, you, uh, it's, it's cool to see, like Tim says, see show, showing that journey rather than just waiting until like I've completely mastered this thing because a lot of people will take inspiration to see see that journey and also appreciate like, okay, you're working on that thing as well. And then they can see what you're doing and they see the progress you make them. And when they're stuck in a similar place, that will be really, that's, that'll be really encouraging. Then you might get to the point where I had a conversation today with someone that gave a, a, a semi backhanded compliment. I told Tim about this yesterday where they went, oh, I've been following you guys for absolutely ages, literally for years since you very first started. And you know, you had no Instagram followers at the beginning and all the idea. And it was like, You've got really good now. He was like, I liked you guys at the beginning, but you weren't very good. You were you were very you were very energetic. You're very energetic and encouraging, and you, and your teaching, your coaching was was always really good. But but you were a bit ropey. But but now but now you now it's real nice. You 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 guys yeah. are doing really well. I was like, oh, oh that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. Oh, it's still a compliment. Um, yeah, exactly. No, it is, and it's yeah, it's, it's the truth. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because. Um, yeah, like you say, if you wait until you're polished, you'll never you'll never share any content. You but... miss the gold, yeah. You miss the gold, the, the the all the struggles in the middle. I wanted to ask you, you know, there'll be a lot of people that um, will be like, oh man, like you've done a, a workshop with Ida Portal, that like this, they would see him as a as a bit of a as a bit of a hero for them. Like, what uh, what would be a, a couple of like things that you you really took away from him that you perhaps weren't expecting something that's a little bit rather than just like oh this progression for that like maybe it's a bit more of the philosophy on it or what was some what was something that really struck you that you took away from that experience yeah i i think um uh his intellect uh very intellectual so that really surprised me um the depth of his <laughs> there's a there's a backhanded compliment <laughs> <laughs> well well yeah i guess um, i didn't think he was very clever then i met him and he was actually really clever <laughs> well when i got to that retreat that work i don't think he like, listens to the podcast i think you're fine oh, <laughs> well i didn't um, know what to expect to be honest but um yeah. i think uh he was very much in, in favor of uh you know a generalist approach so um mm. having being able to do lots of things um, to a to a decent level and uh, where you just get good enough at, at different things and not to not to specialize and I think for me I don't know if it was my a, a grandparent or a, a family relative when I was young um, criticizing me for not sticking to things like oh 
you know, why would I show you that? You, you never stick to anything. And so right. I had this assumption that, oh, you just had to choose one thing and be really good at that. Whereas his approach was so multi-faceted um, and so multi-disciplinary that it's almost really hard to define um, uh, his method in a way because it's, it's constantly evolving and changing. And so um, mm. all of a sudden when I came back from that, I dug up, you know, I, I had this skateboard that I, I always wanted to learn how to skate when I was a kid. And I, and I, um, I, I got it out and I went down to the half pipe and, um, got in the half pipe and, and over a couple of months taught myself to ride the half pipe and drop into the half pipe. And it was kind of shocking how, even as an older, you know, I was the oldest guy in the skate park. Um, but my body adapted and my balance adapted and I, and now I can skate. And I just don't think if I, I was exposed to this idea that, no, it's cool to try all lots of different things. And I went and bought a slack line and, and um, started playing around with that. And um, so now I think it's given me a license to try lots of different things. And I, I've started, I started jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu um, four years ago. And that's, that's been a passion of mine now. And so, and I, you know, I like to go for a surf or I, I like to keep it varied. And um, mm. I think, he sort of gave me a license um, to be that way. And yeah. so I'm very, very grateful for that. That sort of was the key takeaway from that particular um, seminar. Yeah, that's cool because that is the case, isn't it? Sometimes we just need a, a voice that we sort of trust to give us permission to like go, yeah, no, it's okay for you to do X, Y, or Z. And whatever, if, if, if someone's like listening and they're thinking, oh, is it all right for me to, to do to try and do this as, as well as that. And even if no one else is doing, I don't know, jujitsu and playing football, it's like, yeah, if that's, if those two things are, are something you want to do, then yeah, it's okay to do those two things. Um, no, I, I really like that. Yeah. And that beginner mindset starts to become addictive where, you, mm. you know, you should uh, be for your, just your neuroplasticity, your brain, mm. um, yeah. it really likes to have new problems to solve. So, um, yeah, I had a few falls learning to skate, but my brain was in overdrive having to concentrate. And um, so I think it's very healthy to um, throw something new into the mix and just stimulate your brain, force it to adapt. Um, and I've just become uh, very much a fan of sucking at things um, mm. when you start and always having something in the rotation there that that you're really bad at. And, and there's, it's really satisfying getting better at stuff so yeah, I, I, it's really opened me up to trying new things and not everything sticks. Um, I, I've, I've wanted to learn a musical instrument and I, <laughs> nothing's really stuck yet, but um, I've taken up the didgeridoo um, the, just the last oh, three weeks <laughs> nice. at it because I, I heard of the benefits for the breathwork practice and um, as a wind instrument and terrific benefits for toning the, the throat and the um, the mouth and, and also playing around with CO2 and, um, but there's a music musicality to it and there's a therapy to it and some rhythm and, and it really started to intrigue me. And so I've just been picked that up. And for the first week, it was just these horrible raspberry sounds that all fart noises. I, I couldn't, I couldn't seem to even get it to make the drone, the, the, the tone, you know, and it was horrible, but, um, Three weeks in, I'm I'm getting a few notes now, and I'm I'm trying to pick up the circular breathing, which is very technical, and I sort wow. of haven't unlocked that yet. But I love 
sucking at it, you know, and I'm, I'm going to yeah. just keep chipping away. Jacko, I can see you playing the didgeridoo. Yeah, we go. Oh, mom, 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 I can mom. see you you're on Amazon. <laughs> I don't even this. need a didgeridoo. I, just, I can just do that in my, in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, do you know what? I was going to say, funny you said that. I've never done a musical instrument, and I think three times now in the last six months, I've said I want to learn to play the guitar. Um, and I'm also toying with the idea of, like, um, why do we have to, like, make sure that we... Like, why, why do we only enjoy things that we, like, get good at? Can't even if I like just am rubbish at the guitar, but like just enjoy the idea of it. Like then that shouldn't stop me from from doing it. So my, I'm, I'm not going to buy a didgeridoo, Tim. Um, but I think I am going to try and buy like a a relatively crap secondhand guitar because it, it may or may not last that long. Because I do think I'm <laughs> terrible at music. But but this idea of like you don't have to be you don't like what if what if almost just change what if I don't see progress like and can I just still carry on doing it? I don't know. I just think it's an interesting concept. I had um, one other question for you, Aaron, um, which you mentioned about, um, well, you, you've mentioned breathwork and, and meditation. And, and I think those two things really go together because even if someone doesn't think that they're meditating, if you do some breathwork and you focus on your breathing, like that is a mindfulness practice just in itself. Um, but when you say breathwork, so I've like trained with the, with the Oxygen Advantage. Um, so I don't know if you've come across, across that yet. So I've trained with Patrick. Um, and that's like one area, if you like, or has a couple of area, like parts to that framework. But when we say breath work, some people instantly think of Wim Hof. Some people think of other, you know, what, when you're talking about breath, what does that look like for you? Yeah, well, it, it for me, the entry point was Wim Hof. Um, and, and like I say, I was um, fortunate enough to do that retreat in 2016 so that really introduced me to the concept um but yeah it's evolved since then to incorporate um some down regulation as well as um the up regulation and uh, having a better understanding of what's appropriate when for me and having some tools to assess my own baseline um at any at any given time and um so i've done a little little bit more study just recently with an osteopath here locally um, uh, a course called baseline breathing that that he's been doing and he sort of has sort of a, a, a triad model um, starting at the biomechanics um, then the respiratory physiology and then mm. uh, the neurochemistry and looking at it through those three lenses and um, so so now when I'm sitting here you know working on my didgeridoo uh, mm. that's breath work for me because yeah. um, I'm training my diaphragm um, I'm having to create pressure in my in my um, in my mouth and my lips um, I'm using my scalene muscles in my neck which um, oddly enough started to get a little crampy after a few weeks of yeah, <laughs> the didgeridoo I wasn't aware that my neck was working so hard when I was breathing um, so yeah I'm starting to appreciate that it's that, um, there's a lot more depth to it than uh, when I first started. It was just sucking the air in and not worrying which hole it went through and just getting getting it in and um, you know getting the thrill from it and 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 getting those brain chemicals happening made me feel great. Um, mm. Now I'm a bit more interested in what's going on inside and an application so that I yeah. can make good decisions about when to do what. Yeah. Have you experimented with any of the breath holding? 
unrelated to the Wim Hof, so like with the where we do like a breath hold after just a normal exercise, so without the the hyperventilation to get rid of all the get rid of all the CO two. Yeah, not a great deal. Um, I did do a free diving course in. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those guys are incredible <laughs> holding their yeah. breath. So I did, I did some of it with that, where we did the uh, static, uh, where you you just lie face down in the pool. Um, mm. So we did some, yeah, a bit of theory and then some drills, and quite quickly, um, you know, quite a few people were a- were able to hold their breath in the water for over three minutes, um, which was which was pretty awesome for people who may not have held their breath underwater before mm. like that. So, yeah, I started to um, – I was I was planning a trip surfing to Indonesia and I was worried about the big wave. So I thought, oh, it would be very handy if I could hold my breath for longer if I get held down under the surf. Um, yeah. So that, that's what made me very curious about that. But, yeah, I'd be – I'm very curious to explore um, the oxy, oxygen advantage methods and – and those breath holds, and I, I love seeing your work on um, on Instagram. I I check out your um your posts there, and so I, I sometimes play around with different things that you suggest. Yeah, right, mate, we should yeah we'll we should do us we'll do a we'll organise to do a session together. We could do it live on YouTube maybe or something like that. That'd be, cool. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love that. So, Aaron, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. If people, we've mentioned your YouTube, um, you know, where can people find out a little bit more about you? You've got YouTube, you've got your Instagram, is there anything? If, just mention where those are and I'll make sure I'll put the links in the show notes as well. Yes, yeah, so on Instagram, a Grifforama, uh is my handle there, um, Aaron Griffiths. And yeah, YouTube, Aaron Griffiths, double uh, A-R-O-N, Griffiths. Um, so you can check me out there. Come say hello hang out with me online that'd be great yeah no awesome and uh, no thank you again for your time and thank you for being sharing you know such a your honest uh, journey which i'm sure uh, you know isn't isn't easy to talk about um, through some of those things but it'll be very encouraging i found it encouraging myself and inspiring myself i'm sure the listeners will have done as well so if you don't um uh, follow aaron on instagram or you haven't checked out his youtube go over look at the links in the show notes go and check him out he's doing some amazing things and sharing uh, that journey which i think we've all um we all love that 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 sort of concept and idea of rather than just you know we don't all have to be the finished article before we start sharing some of the things that we're learning and, and uh, that's one of the big things that me and tim really love about what aaron's doing and uh, so go over and check him out and uh, thank you for your time aaron thank you very much for having me right what a great little listen that was. We thoroughly enjoyed talking to Aaron. And I apologise if I wasn't there at the end to say goodbye and wish him well and say thank you. But I had some technical problems. It's an issue ongoing case open with Apple. You know how these things go. But <laughs> I um, I listened back to hear Jacko just wrap up the conversation with Aaron. But it was yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time we got to spend with him on this podcast. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it so much. It, it, it finished with a with the conversation off air. Went um, right. Let's stay connected. Let's do. Let's. I want to come and uh, basically trying to tee us up to get a trip to. Australia Timbo I know how much you love Australia but Aaron like I feel like we just I feel like we connected with Aaron and um, yeah looking forward to I'd love to just spend a bit of time doing a bit of movement a bit of breath work jump in find some cold things to jump in and just hang out in Australia I don't think you can't find is it you're gonna have to make your own cold water in Australia there probably aren't you yeah up on the Gold Coast it doesn't get that cold yeah well gold, did I say Gold Coast or Cold Coast then it's not cold it's gold <laughs> Gold Coast <laughs> yeah he's got a chest freeze though so he would be alright he'll be getting straight in there 
Yeah, does this, the chest freezer not got the natural feel to it, has it? Anyway, let's move on. So if you want to find out a bit more about it, we talk a lot about training and, and Aaron had a similar kind of experience to us when we first got into calisthenics of so finding it difficult to get really good um, accessible resources. And that's why we originally started to create, to create training programs and workshops to make it easy to get into these things. So if you look at some of the things that Aaron does and you're enjoying the conversation and thinking about progressive bodyweight training and calisthenics, and we've got a full spectrum of programs that you can follow, follow online from the comfort of your own training environment. If you go to classroom.school of calisthenics.com you'll find them all and you can get seven days free on a, a membership package just a browse around no commitment and if you don't like it then it's cool if you do stay and we'd love to help you on your journey to doing some cool stuff yeah so uh, we are we'd love to for you to become part of what we call the the soc or school calisthenics family that online community so there's people like-minded that are all trying to encourage uh, and progress each other on forward so i'm sure that you will enjoy that and at least come and join you get a freebie for a week so come and at least join it for a week they say Timbo in the in the, in the field that that is a, a no-brainer a no-brainer the other, the other thing is a no-brainer is giving us a five-star review I mean yeah it's obviously I mean, just, at least four yeah, well yeah <laughs> and that was that was a bad day and today wasn't a bad day so, so today was a good day that was a good yeah. one enjoyed it right we're going to sign it off and just like Aaron's a great testament to this but until next time keep exploring your physical potential with movement strength and play plus Dismissed. <laughs>